Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The Bucks signed running back Shady McCoy. That's right, LaShawn McCoy to a one-year contract. We'll tell you why he's in Tampa Bay. And if you want to buy a ticket to see Tom Brady, well, you're probably out of luck, unless you're already a season pass member. But even then, you got to hope for an individual game ticket. The SEC announced they will play only 10 games within their conference. That season begins September 26th. No Florida-Florida State game for the first time since the 50s. And we've got a special treat for you. Remember Last Chance You, the Netflix series that began with East Mississippi Community College? Well, a star from that 2016 team, John Franklin, who played at Florida State, EMCC, Auburn, and FAU, is now with the Bucks, trying to make it as a receiver. You'll hear my conversation with John Franklin on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. And Steve, we got some catching up to do a little bit uh, since I've last talked to you. The uh, Tampa Bay Lightning had their first exhibition game and just rolled over the Florida Panthers five to nothing. A couple of goals um, by uh, what Kucherov and uh, Braden Point, right? Braden Point was flying. He was. He looks, and everyone wants to say he looks faster. I think he's healthy. Yeah. And if you remember at the beginning of last season. He had hip surgery, a double hip surgery, I believe, before the season. Really? Really? And remember, because he signed late. He was a restricted free agent. He didn't sign until very late. And then they announced he was going to miss some games. And he came back pretty quick. But I don't think he was 100% healthy. And I think this, you know, and he played through the season, and he played well. But I think this four months off, I think his hips are finally healthy. And, boy, is he flying. I mean, he was showing it in training camp, too, um, yeah. just flying up and down the ice. And he was doing that again again the other day. Um Interesting, you know, I mean, Hedman and Stamkos didn't play in the exhibition game, but they did right. play eight defensemen, and quite frankly, they all played well. Luke Shen played well. Braden Coburn played well. Um, it's going to be an interesting decision that they have of who's going to play alongside Victor Hedman, essentially, as a sixth defenseman, whether it's Jan Ruda or is it is it Zach Bogosian or does Coburn or Shen get in the mix there? Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's actually a good problem to have because they played well. And, mm -hmm. and I thought, you know, not for nothing, but Andre Vasilevsky looked pretty darn good throwing a shutout at him the first time on the ice. So Yeah, I mean, uh, Florida I, really didn't have a lot. I mean, the Lightning's defense was, was pretty yeah, much locked they down, although chances. they gave away yeah. three breakaways, and Vasilevsky right. stopped all three, which is ultimately you want your defense to not give them any scoring chances, which is what the Lightning did. But right. then when they do get one, your goalie needs to make a play, and Vasilevsky did three times. Well, I don't know what you can really you know take from an exhibition game. I mean, you know, if you're Florida, uh, you know, I know Joel Quinville wasn't very happy with their effort, but uh, they, they looked like they were in mud a little bit, which can also be expected. Mm -hmm. um, but once they got on the ice, you know, even though there were no fans, I mean, the players said it felt felt like a hockey game, and they competed. And, um, you know, if, if from the Lightning standpoint – uh, it was a, it was a nice start to uh, what's going to be now. I guess they start with the play-in games. They have three of those, and then uh, we'll find out where their seeding is, and they'll go on mm -hmm. to the NHL playoffs. Yeah, their next game is Monday at 4 p.m. against the Capitals. So, something to look forward to. It was great seeing hockey again, along with the NBA, which is starting uh, started last night. And of course, we've got plenty of uh, Buccaneer news and football news in general. Um, let's start with. Uh, Kind of in reverse order, I guess. Uh, Shady McCoy, this happened sort of late on Thursday. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, who's now 32 years old. He's played a long time. He was a second-round pick uh, way back when at the Philadelphia Eagles, then went on to the Buffalo Bills for a long time. Um, last year was with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, didn't see the ball very much. Um, I think the most carries he had in the game was 12. 
And, uh, in fact, he did not even play in the postseason. He was part of that Super Bowl team. Um, but, nonetheless, really didn't have much of a role. The Bucks, uh, you know, reached what I imagine is a pretty cap-friendly deal uh, for Shady McCoy. And there was there had been speculation as to whether or not they would sign another running back. I think what kind of sealed – uh, this decision to, to to add a guy, especially a veteran player, um, was the fact that there was no off season, and you know that meant that uh, you know you figure Ronald Jones is coming in as the incumbent as the starter. Somebody would have to beat him out. They drafted Keyshawn Vaughn in the third round out of Vanderbilt, and they're really I'm telling you they're sky high on this guy. Uh, but by the same token, you know he hasn't been out there. So and now he you know is on the uh, reserve COVID list, so he's going to get an even slower start to the season. Um, so if you had an injury to something that happened to Ronald Jones, you're down to Dari and Gubawale, you know, um, and that's just that's just not a good place to be if you're trying to win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady, who uses his running backs um, a lot in the passing game. We've mentioned many times that the last five years alone, he's thrown over a hundred completions to running backs on his team. So I, I just think that this was one of those moves that, you know, McCoy wants to play, come back for one more season, try to win a Super Bowl with Brady and Gronkowski. Um, you know, and, and, you know, when he's been out there, he's always been productive. He's always had a nice rushing average. And, of course, you know, the great years that he had, he's made six Pro Bowls, which is unbelievable. Um, you know, he led the, led the league in rushing one time, you know, for the, uh, for the Eagles. So – you know, I, I get the move. I don't know if he makes the football team. A lot will depend on the development of, uh, you know, of Vaughn and the health of everybody. But, you know, it was kind of surprising. I mean, Devontae Freeman is out there. He's asking, I guess, for a little too much money. The Bucks have no cap room. So this is about the best they could do. Also, the last couple of days, uh, we finally had a chance to catch up with Cameron Bright. You know, on I guess it was Wednesday, he did what amounted to a PSA for – you know, the Buccaneers, and it was uh, sort of encouraging people that have been uh, had COVID and, and survived it um, to go donate blood plasma, of course, which helps uh, many times in the recovery of patients who uh, aren't so fortunate, have a lot of symptoms and some that are hospitalized. And uh, in doing so, of course, on Instagram, he posted that he had tested positive for COVID himself. And of course, that raised a lot of eyebrows and some alarm bells because Cameron Brait was a fixture at those workouts at Berkeley Prep with Tom Brady and more than a dozen of his teammates, and uh, they had done that for several months. And so, uh, obviously, the questions were, you know, uh, and, and we had talked about this. We know the NFLPA wanted them to stop those workouts, and not just the Bucks, but everybody, um, because they thought it was unsafe. And the Bucks had had a player test positive, had a coach. Uh, Brady was very defiant. They didn't stop. They kept going. Um, you know, he had the remember he had the Instagram post. You know, nothing to fear but fear itself, and all of that. Well, it was about that time uh, several months ago, in the, in the midst of those workouts, that uh, Brady's fiance, Brooke Skelly, who used to work for the Bucks, she's now uh, in marketing and communications for the Super Bowl host committee. Um, she tested positive. She kind of you know gave it to him, uh, and he, he was kind of. You know, funny about that, he's always hold that over her head. But that's a nice engagement uh, based, gift. Yeah, right. So here you go, honey. Um, so she had to, she had to go in and, and get tested before. She also does, teaches a spin class, so they tested her before she went back to do that, and she was positive. And then you know, Cam originally tested negative, didn't have any symptoms, and then and then he got a couple of the loss of smell and taste and things like that. And and he in fact was positive. And he said, you know, it's kind of scary um, to think that you know, had I not really known or had a reason to test, I could have shed that virus and gotten other people infected, and so, uh, including a few of his teammates. But, you know, he said it was a calculated risk that they took in the offseason to work out. They weren't the only ones. As he pointed out, they're probably the only team that a helicopter kept flying over and photographing them. Um, so that was different. But, you know, um, this, this, this is what can happen. And, you know, uh, Brate's also concerned, that not just with his teammates, but that, you know, there's a lot of people over at, um, the Advent Healthcare Training Center that um, are not in football, and hopefully they don't they won't be coming in contact with players. But you know, you worry about coaches, you worry about Bruce Arians, and and uh, you know some of the guys over there. And um, you know, he just he just hopes they're safe. And uh, but but no problems with Cam. Um, you know, I guess the good news is he's had the virus. You don't really know if he can catch it again. There's still a lot that's unknown about this, but. Um, you know, it was very fortunate that 
that he didn't have, you know, worse symptoms. Speaking of uh, the Bucks, uh, their ticket policy came out. Well, not really their policy. I guess it's bad news that if uh, you don't have a season ticket pass, you have no chance really of seeing the Bucks this year unless you buy a ticket on the secondary market, basically sold by a season ticket pass member because um, they are going to play with a reduced capacity uh, seating, which is not uh, unsurprising. You know, it's not unsurprising, but they don't know what that number is. Is it 25%? Is it 50%? They'll have to wait and see when we get closer to the season what the governor and the and the local municipalities, Hillsborough County and, uh, and such, decide, the Tampa Sports Authority. Um, but they're not going to be able to honor season ticket pass members. Um, and so basically they sent out a letter, Brian Ford did, the COO, explaining you know some of the details. Basically it comes down to this. If you want a chance – um, to buy s- some single game tickets this year, uh, pre-sale, if you will, um, you have to leave all your money in. You know, for 2020, they'll advance it all to 2021. They'll keep you signed up for that, and you have an opportunity. It'll be based on tenure. You have an opportunity to go ahead uh, when they make those those tickets available, and um, you know, and, and try to get them. Now, you know, will you be in your same seats? Not necessarily. Um, they're gonna try to keep people in the same areas, um, but there is. Uh, you know, there's a long list of things. You can go to TampaBay.com. Uh, a lot of questions I know people have. We try to do a Q&A in this thing. And, um, you know, the takeaway is that, uh, as you can imagine, they had a lot of season ticket holders, a lot of bandwagon people too um, that are first-year ones. But, uh, you know, basically it's a tough, it was going to be a tough ticket. Now it's an even tougher ticket. And uh, once these folks, uh, you know, start selling some on the secondary market, I can well imagine – uh, what a game to say like the Kansas City Chiefs is going to cost. So, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, it was inevitable. Uh, and, and as the season goes along, there's a chance that maybe they'll get more, you know, m- the ability to have more people uh, in the stadium. But uh, right now, that's what they're doing. So check that out on TampaBay.com or you can go to Buccaneers.com, of course, to the website. will give you instructions for that. Speaking of games and fans and all of that, the SEC, and, and I think everybody in college football has been waiting for this. The SEC announced that they are indeed going to play a conference-only 10-game season, and that will begin September 26th. So what that means is that, you know, no Florida-Florida State game, which is a huge rivalry uh, going back, you know, three or four decades. Um, and, uh, you know, the later start probably is uh, is a good idea, especially given, you know, some of the numbers we see in the southern states right now. What do you make of this, Steve? Is this uh, is this a good idea? I mean, do we? Um, it looks like they're going to, you know, take it to a championship, which has been moved back a little bit. Well, for now, they're doing that. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Long. I mean, this is what the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have already announced they were doing. Although they didn't necessarily say they were pushing everything back that far. Right. Um, but going to just conference games only, which does several things. One, it, it reduces some travel, although. Some of these conferences are spread out, but secondly, yeah. what it does allows you to control every aspect of it because there's That's no, right. there's no commissioner, there's no, you know, a head of of the NCAA that has any power really. The conferences control everything. So when you start playing teams from other conferences, you don't control the protocols, you don't control the testing, you don't control everything that goes along with a game. Now you've got a second party that you're you're dealing with. So I, I think at the end of the day, this is about minimizing risk and 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 ultimately keeping control of the things you can control so that you don't have outbreaks like we've seen it with the the, the Marlins at this point and, you know, what you're hoping to avoid for other teams in, in sports. So, um, you know, I, I think it's ambitious to start on September 26th. I think they're going to try. Um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, we know that a lot of the southern states where the SEC is is where, you know, the, the spread is still pretty – it's still pretty uh, – I won't say out of control, but it's pretty high. I mean, the numbers every day right. are, are very well, we high. We set a record in Florida in deaths uh, for three days in a row. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I I think they might be able – if they're going to play, they they might be able to keep this schedule, but I don't think you're going to see fans in the stands. Right. Yeah, well, look, uh, we were a long way from knowing exactly how football is going to work in general, uh, much less uh, at the college level where you also have the element of, of students and uh, whether campuses are open and things like that. Um, you know, we know Texas and some other schools and, and outside of the SEC have talked about playing with fans, but 
Um, all of that seems uh, pretty improbable right now. And for that matter, the NFL could change by the time we get to September. We don't know. But, um, you know, we're day-to-day. And, uh, you know, the Bucks veterans are still over there trying to test and get in and uh, uh, see who can you know pass the COVID test. And you saw the Bills sent their rookies camp. home. Did they? Yeah, they had five test positive, I believe. So they sent their rookies home. Wow, well, that's not a not a good not a good start mm-hmm. to a training camp. And I think that you know when we talked earlier about McCoy, I think that's part of the problem. You know, you get these guys are going to miss time. Um, so far, they haven't had any players opt out for the Bucks. They haven't had. Um, you know, we'll see what happens to the veterans because they're just now coming in. It'll be August first and second mm-hmm. that you'll know the results of their two COVID tests and whether they have to put guys. Uh, on the COVID list, the reserve COVID list for them. So, uh, look, they're bound to – there's going to be a lot of cases. I mean, that's I, I think that's inevitable, especially getting in. Um, you know, once they're once they're in, then it's up to the individual player. You know, if, if somebody steps out of line, goes to a bar, goes to a restaurant, catches it somewhere else and brings it into that building, and you could have it run through that, you know, especially in football. This is what we don't know. But I think, you, you know, you see what's happened in baseball, a non-contact sport – where there is natural separation on the diamond in places. And, um, you know, I think they're up to 19, 17 or 19 members of the Marlins, including players and coaches, um, and several members of the Phillies as well. So uh, the, the spread is definitely real and it's definitely there. And that's when we talk to Bright, that's what uh, kind of scares him a bit too. So football, eh, we're, we're taking it day by day, man. We're seeing the Bucks are supposed to – you know, they got the quarterbacks over there. they got the rookies over there. Uh, like I said, over the weekend, the veterans come in. We might have a chance to get out there a little bit for the strength and conditioning sessions. We'll tell you uh, about that next week. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm uh, not incredibly optimistic with football. But we do have baseball. We do have the NBA cranking up, NHL, of course. And um... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. For this podcast, we, we got kind of a special treat. So I had an opportunity uh, to write a story and talk to John Franklin, who's probably not a household name, unless you're a Netflix fan. If you are, if you watch the Netflix series Last Chance You, which is uh, uh, when it began, it was uh, one of the first seasons, uh, Coach Buddy Stevens, a colorful guy. You know, the junior college football um, really is Last Chance You because these are a lot of players that were stars in high school, many of them four- and five-star recruits that were recruited sometimes by uh, big Division One schools uh, all over the nation. Sometimes they go there and they're, you know, they, they either can't make the grades, sometimes they couldn't make the grades and get in. Um, but this is their opportunity to get looked at again, to keep their eligibility up, and hopefully you know, move quickly back to where they came, which was a, a big Division One program. And so there's an awful lot of talent at uh, some of these junior colleges, both in Mississippi and Kansas, uh, primarily, uh, where a lot of these football programs are. And, you know, John Franklin uh, was a guy that was a uh, a star quarterback at Plantation, Plantation High School in Fort Lauderdale. Um, big recruit. Went to Florida State. Uh, and, in fact, he was there as a true freshman in the year that they won the national championship with Jameis Winston. And he came as a quarterback. He's an incredible athlete. And he played quarterback in high school, although, you know, he'll tell you that he really didn't know much about playing quarterback. He did a lot with his athletic ability, ran the ball a lot, could throw it too, uh, but sort of used his instincts more than understanding defenses and what they were trying to do and all that. Um, He got better at it, though, when he was at Florida State. He learned a lot from Jimbo Fisher and Jameis Winston. And when they went to the national championship, um, you know, he had an opportunity to play the scout squad quarterback uh, you know, against their starting defense, and he did such a good job um, playing Nick Marshall that uh, Florida State handled Auburn pretty well, and they credited John for you know for just how well he he helped prepare them, which was his role. So he won a national championship ring there, um, but he realized you know Winston was back; it was going to be a while before he could play, and so he went the JUCO route. He went to 
this, uh, you know, East Mississippi Community College, um, you know, in what I think it's Scoba, Mississippi. It's, I mean, this place now, <laughs> it, it's it's a long way from uh, Division One and what you expect in terms of facilities and, and, you know, the part of the country. And, you know, Jonathan is a South Florida kid, so he was, you know, 12 hours away from home and, um, it, it's a Spartan existence to say the very least. And it's a cast of characters you can't believe, but this Netflix series is so good. And it, it, and the power of television is incredible. I mean, before these guys, you know, had a chance to prove that they have any game, uh, they had a ton of fame because you're a reality TV star. I mean, that's really what you are. And, and Jonathan, John, John Franklin or J five, as they called him, um, you know, coming in as the big Florida State uh, transfer uh, was a huge part of this show. And he winds up not winning the starting job. He winds up uh, uh, being a backup for a while, Um, you know, gets into the final game uh, because of an injury and scores six touchdowns in the first half. The whole thing ends up in a total brawl uh, and uh, just happened to be an Auburn recruiter that was there to see him that night. Uh, so ser- sort, of, sort of serendipitous, but goes from there to Auburn and then the FAU um, at his pro day. You know, they want him to try out uh, five different positions. His agent suggests uh, at a request of the Chicago Bears that he try to play defensive back, which he had never played. Ends up on a practice squad there. Got to the Bucks last year as a defensive back. B.A. saw him, knew his history, switched him to offense, and now he's trying to make it as a receiver. So his story is incredible. He gets all kinds of uh, IMs and uh, correspondence from all over the world, uh, people that were inspired by his resolve, his resilience um, to make it uh, against uh, incredible odds. And um, so you have a chance to to listen to my interview with Jonathan, John, John Franklin and then um, also go to TampaBay.com and the Tampa Bay Times and, uh, and read that story that will be uh, posted up there sometime today. And uh, it'll be in Sunday's paper. So without further ado, here's my interview with John Franklin, receiver of the Buccaneers. You know, I know, you know, you came out of, of South Plantation High School and, you know, you go to Florida State. I mean, if I could just kind of walk you through all those experiences and sort of what, what's made you the guy you are today. Just just tell me what it was like beginning, you know, at, at Florida State and then you wind up winning a national championship. I think you were the guy that was – uh, emulating Nick Marshall, getting them prepared for that, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that year I had registered um, James, that's the issue on the high school, we were on the Right. And I uh, did. That was like my fourth year ever playing quarterback. So I was still, you know, real raw. I didn't even know how to read defenses like that. Yeah. But I knew, you know, the basics of it. But I, at high school, I was just an athlete out there. I was just the best, better, better athlete more times than not. And I relied on my instincts more than actually knowing what was really going on. I didn't really know football. So I got the first state. Jameis, I gave Jameis and Coach Fisher a lot of credit for actually teaching me the game of football. And that's why I really like understand like, oh, what this defender does and how do you attack this defense. And I can get protection, set my mic here. I know what makes me high and all that. I really learned the game. From uh, you know a, a coach's mindset as far as so you know um, that was very beneficial. I'm always saying because I experienced there because you know, I really learned the game there, and then you know, I had some personal who won won a natty, and then you know my role on the team during that first year was to just emulate every quarterback that we played against, and um, so that was my my task. I, I did that, and I you know I, I took that you know. I take that seriously because sure. I don't want to be the reason that we lose. I mean, look at that season, we were undefeated. And I, I like, I remember literally even getting ready to the national championship, telling them, like, I was pretty, I was having a good week. I was like, look, we made up here on this way. But I took it up a little bit because it was the Natty. And then, you know, Auburn was coming for having a good season, too. Mm-hmm. And I knew the type of quarterback they played. I knew the week two played mobile quarterbacks that, you know, Like, 
It's huge. It's, yeah, it's huge. You got you got to give them a look, and 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 if you can't simulate or at least approximate the talent, you know that those guys have, then they're not going to be prepared. You know, you just can't you can't execute their offense. Yes. So you know that that that's something good to me. And you know my teammates, you know they they thank me right after the game because they're like, bro, it made it so much easier for them in the game to do. Sure. Sure. Right. Yeah. To know that I had a big part of it, you know, making sure that they were prepared and they had it easier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, starting off college, I felt like I earned the ring just as much as they did, you know. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. So then, so then you go, you go from there and uh, uh, go to East Mississippi uh, Community College, and uh, you're a quarterback again behind, I guess, Wyatt, Wyatt Roberts. Um, you got a chance to play. They had had a pretty good game against uh, what Mississippi Delta, I guess, and and just sort of again continued on your journey, right? I mean, and that had to be. I mean, that's that's not Florida State, it's not Tallahassee. So, how tough was that? I mean, that junior college, and of course, that was also part of the Netflix series. You know, Last Chance You. We all watched that. So, just describe describe that whole scene. Mm-hmm. And I just chose to go that route, and whatever life threw at me, the devil threw at me, I found I got closer to God in that in that 
in that time span, that's why I really found form my relationship with God. That's what really got me through because I felt like I was alone for so long. Right. And, um, you know, just really everything there, that's where the real person of me really developed and formed within that dark place, that yeah. dark um, bottom, bottom pit of my life right there. Yeah. And I give it so much credit to where I'm at today. I'm so thankful for it. I'll do it all over again. If I could, just because of what I learned throughout that process. You know, it's funny, uh, Levante David, you know, was at a JUCO before he got to Nebraska. And he, also from Miami, um, was there for about a week. And he was ready to come home. I mean, he, he, just, he just, just didn't think he could push forward. And he called his mom. And, you know, she said, no, you're not coming home, you know. And, and it's a similar experience, you know, like where... You know, you do. You got to find yourself and and see just how much you love the game, how much you're willing to, you know, to 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 work to put to get get that opportunity to get back to where you think you should be and and all of that. And um, you know, so there, there's a lot of guys. You know, Cam Newton. I mean, there's a lot of guys that have had that have had similar experiences, right? Where um, they came out the other side and, and and did just fine. And you you end up uh, at Auburn after that. Um, and uh, a team that you know, obviously, your your Seminoles beat in the national championship. But uh, uh, so you go there, and you're still a quarterback, right? And uh, get a chance to play in 12 games and make make the the one start. Um, but but you also you also felt like there was more, right? You felt like there was more that uh, that you could do. Yeah, that, that was another kind of control situation. Um, winning. With intentions of you know being the guy, uh, I felt like I performed well enough to be the guy, and I, I, of course, I did. But I'm just saying from from what I've heard from other people on my team, and I felt like I should have won it, and, and I didn't. But I got a chance to play in the game, and I always had a mentality. You know, it, at that point, it was like, all right, like when I was in Juco, I know I should be starting. You know, I'm gonna start me cool. Mm -hmm. You give me the ball my time, I'm gonna score three. Sure. chance to kind of go a little back towards home in Boca Raton and, and go play uh, at FAU for Lane Kiffin. And again, you know, you couldn't control how much you played, but the production every time was there, right? 229 yards on just 16 rushes. I mean, that's that's balling when you got the shots. Yeah, I mean, even at Auburn, like, I, I, I average, what, I think it's 10 point. Ten yards every time I touch the ball. To me, I was like, "Hey, I mean, I'm no, I'm no mathematician, but <laughs> I think my probability of getting a first down is pretty high." <laughs> and I ain't no coach, I ain't no GM, but I just know yeah. common sense. Yeah. Every ten yards every time the ball in my hand, I mean, that'll work. Yeah. That's a good thing, my opinion. So, yeah. um, that you know, so that just got to FAU, and at the time I got to FAU. I was ready to be done with school. I was just about to sit out right here and just train and be ready for the draft. That yeah. was my initial plan. Yeah. And then, because um, I was just tired of, you know, the game being played, I was like, you know what? I'd rather take my chances in the league than to go do it to me. Sure, and, sure. Um, I got, you know, then that's when I did the whole position change. Yeah. When we, I, I remember we in Auburn and we were getting measured by the scouts and everything that come in. One scout said, if I can do it, I will show it. And they kind of resonated with me. I was like, I'm going to improve. I proved myself at quarterback. And whether they don't start or not, I did that. He was showing out of play. So I was like, I'm going to go play receiver. Because I never wanted to play quarterback in the first place. Right, right. So I went and did the receiver th
if you don't, yeah, you might not want to go back to school and deal with it, but at least use it to work out and get used to playing receiver. So sure. that's why I chose to go to FAU. That led to opportunity. I mean, you, you know, undrafted, of course, uh, in 2018, but you know, you get to the Bears and, and, and as a tryout, and now they want you to change positions again, right? They want you to try try a defensive back. Yeah, that's, that came out from Pro Day. Um, at Pro Day, I did five positions. Um, wow. I, I, did, I did running back drills. I did quarterback drills. I did receiver drills. Um, my agent got me to do DB drills, and I never trained for it. Like, I, I, I signed with – I fired my first agent a week before signing day. Mm-hmm. And the second agent I was signing with was I met for the first time at Pro Day. Wow. And he made me do everything. Like, wow. Every single thing. And I give him credit for this because if it wasn't for me, like, just showing my athletic ability and versatility yeah. in that workout, I probably wouldn't even got to look at just playing corner when I never played it before. Right. But because, you know, my athletic ability and he just made me do it, I never trained for it. I just did it. And then I caught kicks and I caught punch at Pro Day right after all the workouts. Mm-hmm. So I literally did like five people's workout in one day. That's how I even get my, my first week to many uh, rookie mini camps. I went to Seattle. I was the first time I ever backpedaled. And then the next week I went to Chicago on a tryout and they signed me after. Unbelievable. And that's how I got into the NFL, playing a position I never played before. Wow. Yeah, that's some kind of rare athleticism. If you can do it running backwards as well as you could running forwards, that's, that's saying something. Um, I know the Bucks. you know, it's funny how things work out. I mean, they've got two Pro Bowl receivers, and both of those guys get hurt, right, at the end of the year. And uh, you have a chance, you know, to come in um, on the practice squad because they're obviously thin at receiver. You know, you're, you're an active player. I mean, you're on the active roster by, by the last game of the season. So, I mean, that, that earns you a, a futures contract. That earns you this year. Just tell me about you know, working out for the Bucks and, and um, just just how comfortable you felt, you know, kind of being back here? Uh, well, initially I worked out twice for the Bucks. Um, first time I worked out, uh, I did quarterback and receiver. And after workout, I thought they were going to sign me. I mean, I did my physical and all that. Right. And um, then they didn't end up making me check somebody else just because they were down. I think that's what Mike got hurt. So four weeks went by, they brought me in again, but they brought me in at DB. And it was crazy, I, 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 I asked y'all if y'all wanted me to do DB when I was here. They were like, we already know what you want defense and be good on that plus. I was like, whatever, I, 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 I came back and worked out again. And then they, they kept me that time. So started out for like four weeks only on defense. And then, then Chris went down. And then I started doing offense and defense on P-Squad. And then somebody else, uh, something else happened to where I was just only on offense. I was, I got moved, but I was still on peace level, but I was learning. I think they were going to activate me the week before the last one of the season as well. But, and then, while I was playing receiver against, well, even Houston week, DA came up to me mid-practice, going, yeah, I want you to quarterback tomorrow. And it was really, it threw me off, so I was like, one, uh, you could have told me that later. Like, we had to walked up to me and tell me I'm going to play quarterback tomorrow. But then, too, I was like, what made you think that? Like, I had to throw the ball in front of y'all ever. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. Like, so the next day, I played quarterback. And after that, I mean, players in my brain, they, they, they keep smiling every time you do something. And I was like, they should. Like, <laughs> um, this, is, this is where I feel like. This is why I am where I am. I'm on the right side of the ball right now, so I'm going to give every reason to keep me over here. And then, um, so the next two days went by, I was just having a blast, man, not even thinking. I was just playing ball again because it just came so natural when I had the ball in my head. Like, I don't have to think. I ain't worried about nobody else. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I just really had fun. And then after those two days, they were drawing up plays for me for the next week. Wow. And it just kind of took off there. You know, and BA is one of those guys that likes. I mean, he obviously likes versatility, right? Like, he, he's been waiting to find that, that guy that can do a lot of things, I think, in, in his offense, you know, that can kind of be that, um, 
you know, that Swiss Army knife guy that he can he can line up as a receiver, running back, quarterback, red zone, you know. It just seems like he's always been looking for that guy. Yeah, I mean, he, we in the end, um, we, he actually, you know, real personal with with him, let me know straight up, like, you know, he's always, he's never not shied away from saying that he loved my athletic ability. I feel like I didn't see videos of saying it to you guys. You know, so, uh, I, for me, it's just, it's just, it's just really, it's like a perfect match just because all I ever wanted was, one, I mean, I felt like I always had coaches that knew what they had in me, mm-hmm. but I never felt like I had coaches that weren't scared of me. One thing I love about VA is, I mean, it took it two days to know that, hey, this kid is something, it's something yeah. that that's not rare. Like, it's, it's very rare that he had. And it didn't take him long knowing that. It, it took him two days. Yeah. He acted on those two days. Like, yeah. and, like I said, like, I'm not a mathematician, it's just, Common sense, and I have something that, and I have a, a secret weapon, whatever you want to call it, and nobody else can. And mind you, this is the way the league is going. Like everybody kind of looks at this as player. Absolutely. So, like he put it to use, and like that's one thing I'm so appreciative of that he didn't just okay. It's like I feel sometimes I feel like I'm like this trophy. Like I remember one time they said on the show, oh, he's like a Ferrari, and and they were saying like why is it a pickup truck? But like I'm like who wants to? Keep the pickup truck, like everybody wants to drive a sports car. <laughs> I'm like, why are they not driving a sports car? Like a <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I get you, and, and like I said, talking to those guys, I think, I think they do see something. John, you wouldn't be here. I mean, you know, there's a lot of talent on this offense, and things are getting even more exciting all the time. And and you know, you talk. I think I read a quote, you know, from you heard it, um, maybe on a podcast where you're talking about how you know this has been your dream. And you're here, but you you haven't gotten to live it yet. You still feel like, hey, you know, I want that moment. I want I, I want to earn that spot. I want to be one of the one of the sixty one, fifty three, what have you, right? Yeah, I mean, um, I was even talking to my mom. Was like, you know, I, I, every you know everybody because everybody's had the opportunity to kind of see my journey from afar, and, and a lot of people genuinely you know, vibe with me because, you know, I feel like my story is not just a sports story, it's a life story. It is. Um, you, could take, you could take my situation and apply it to anything and it's still going to be the same. It is. I feel like I know so many people resonate with me. I have, like, actual true fans that's other than, like, up and down fans. Uh, but I just, you know, my mom, I tell my mom, like, I had it. Everybody thinks I've done so much. And, like, I get it. Like, I, I, I reflect and take back a lot. And my family especially talked about, you know, my tragedy and everything. I reflect on that. I reflect on it a lot because I'm very appreciative to where I'm at. Like, I know what it feels like to be cut three times. I know why. I've been cut in 24 hours before. Like, yeah. So I, I know what it's like to I'll be in the building. I know what it's like to be in the building and be one of the 2,300 of us. And, like, that, I, I don't take that for granted, like, and also, you know, um, I told my mom, like, this year, you know, I feel so confident going in because, one, like, I'm back to where football came easy to me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, it's just like how life comes full circle. And yeah. I'm like, you know, like, to me, yeah, making it into NFL, you know, I've been fortunate to be in NFL for two years and it's great. And it might seem like a lot to everybody, but, like, I, I want to be a legendary in the game, I want to be, you know, a face of the, of the league, I want to be a face of the game. Right. And when I'm done playing, so sure. I got the word legendary tatted on me, like last year, and I try to hold myself accountable of it, to live that way, to be that way, to never take advantage of my, to never take advantage of the opportunities that I'm blessed with, to yeah. have, you know what I'm saying, so, but I want for myself, nobody else can over, can want anything more from me than I want for myself. Absolutely. I want to make sure it's that way because I want myself to a higher step than anybody else can me to. Absolutely. Well, it's obvious, John, you're going to be successful in, in, in your career and in your life. I mean, you know, these are all experiences that will serve you. You know, football is, is a game that you hope to play for a long time. Nobody gets to play it really as long as Tom Brady has. But, I mean, at, at some point, you're a very young man when your career is over. You know, I mean, that's the reality in this game. And, and, and a lot of times you don't get to decide when that is, whether it's injury or some other circumstance. But, man, what, what you've done um, – has already 
already molded you. You know what I mean? Like you're going to be successful. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt about that. So it's just a matter of, of, uh, of getting the opportunity and whenever, however that, that takes its shape. I mean, and like I said, I mean, these guys, they don't, I always say this to people and they don't understand it sometimes. It's like, you know, they just don't give these jobs away. Right. I mean, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's a million or millions of guys that want to do this job and they just don't hand them out. You know, like it's, it's really, really hard, you know, to get a, a, a shot, to get in an NFL training camp, to get, you know, on a practice squad, to get on an active, I mean, those are, you know, those are not easy, easily accomplished things. And, um, yeah. you know, much less somebody that's done it, you know, the way you have through, you know, the, the different experiences in schools and sticking with it and, you know, yeah. all of that. I mean, it's. People that my in my situation usually don't make it out of the Juco. Neither from going to a big school and then going to a bigger school afterwards. So, you know, that's what I try to always say, like, you know, football is not who I am, it's what I do. Like, yeah. I feel like this is so much bigger than me. And really I feel like, you know, the reason I got through all that and and, and I am where I am today is really because that's just what I had that's my purpose is to be that that living example that when people see what does this look like? They can think about me. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, okay. Like that's what it really looks like. Go after something that you really want, and not take no for an answer. Like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was my purpose to be on this earth, and I, 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 I embrace that. Like I carry that. Out. I, I feel like you know, everybody you know designates something with them. I don't. Like I know football's going to end one day, but like, yeah. can take away from. Me. So I, I've got past that barrier. Like exactly. I'm still going to go on. You still gotta figure out how to get past and keep going. And like that's yeah. who I am. I just been blessed to be able to be talented and that's a way to use this game of football in order to be that example. There's so many guys in your business, man, they don't learn that. Some guys don't learn that ever. You know, they they they're not they're not prepared to have the game uh end for them and it ends for everybody. You know, no one no one plays as long as they want to or or uh um you know they all they all end their careers the same way. I don't care if you're talking about a Hall of Fame player. It's either injury uh, or they replace. You know, I mean, it's as simple as that. And, and uh, you know, it's what you do, you know, with the opportunity. And like you said, you've, you've made the most of all of it. I'm curious, is anybody anybody on your team, I mean, have you bonded? Is there, is there, is there somebody that's giving you good advice along the way? Um, obviously, you're shaped by your experiences. But, like, are there any mentors, any people that's been in your corner that's helped you? That's all documented on film, man. <laughs> you know, it's all there to show your grandkids one day. And then again, I'm, a, I'm a also like, it, 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 as many of these out there, you know, I was the first to have yeah. actually talk about it. Right, right, right. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm already going to be 
Absolutely. No, use it, use it as your platform and there's the documentation, you know? So, I mean, we're all hoping that we get past this, uh, you know, this period, this COVID thing and everybody gets into camp, you know, on time and, um, they figure out a way to keep you guys safe and it's going to be an unusual year, but a, but a great year. I mean, Hey, there's not a more relevant team in the NFL right now, right? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Great things. Yeah, great things happen. You you might you might be the missing piece here for sure. Well, my thanks to John Franklin. Again, make sure you check out his story at tampabay.com. Okay, over the weekend, so we got the Rays headed up to Baltimore. They need to make up some ground there as they have their 4-3 uh, and three start after dropping two uh, to Atlanta. We've got the NHL all weekend long with their uh, qualifying uh, play-in games. The NBA is back with their, uh, of course, postseason. And uh, we'll get you set for Bucks training camp, which will be Cranking up a little bit more next week. We'll have a chance, I think, to go out and um, you know watch the guys run around at least. And who knows, maybe even have an actual Tom Brady sighting and or photographs that uh, we don't have to take from a, a parking lot or a dead-end street somewhere. So that'll be good. So make sure you check us out. We're here every Monday through Friday. We appreciate you guys listening. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody. 